Told y'all this was a movement. Taking up the ways. You dig? Banked out. Banked out. Banked out. Banked out. Banked out. East to west, we getting banked out. North to south, we getting banked out. Worldwide, we getting banked out. One time for the team that's gon' hustle for the cream. All we know is grind till the dough come. This the bait that radio show. We controlling the globe and we second to no one. Every time we emerge and we putting that work in. Bait that do it for the culture. Putting on for the city that's 24 7. And we show we love like we supposed to. And we keep making moves by coastal. Another suckers didn't believe, but I told you. Bait that about to be your household name. And bait that mean when you pop more chains. You don't even know just how I really get. You're rocking with the best, so tuned in when you better be. Plus, you're getting fancy like Nancy on every single day of the week. And chopping game like a Cherokee. Ballin' like Odell, tryna step more mill Networking every way is about to be your movie Gotta go be, this the only way to do it This a conglomerate, we gettin' to it Plus we got heat for the streets while you puffin' on the cook shop leaf Riding out on the interstate, we got Indies and majors We international players, all about getting paid Make sure to tune in and tap in with the movement Cause it's about to go down, shout out Discover this Captain of the Mothership, if you ain't know that you know now We about to get People popping in and out, so it's like two, three, four, whatever. And she's sure. like, I'm just so happy to see me, whatever. Like, man, it's gonna be more than that. <laughs> so then, this morning I wake up and I look at the uh, views, and it's like up to 238. Wow, and that's far beyond the thing she was hoping for. <laughs> far beyond. She was so like, I just want to screen- see people to listen. Uh, I screenshotted it too and sent it to her. I was like, well, you're already up to 238 views. She was like, mm, like oh. tax season going to be. Mm. <laughs> so now, I think it's, it's a shout out to like 250 something now. I need to, um, I need to contact her myself. Okay, I'll send you her information. Tax information. Yeah, yeah so. she, and she, she's passionate about it. Like, the reason she started is because How she actually got. you passionate about taxes? What, like, because hey, I know I'd be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. She started it because um, she had got, um. Uh, Taken advantage of through filing twice, so she then she started her own. So you can tell her why is because she doesn't want anybody else to experience that. And that's actually a story many people have, Um, like going to people who claim to be tax experts, and then Mm -hmm. they just end up, you know, paying way too much for I guess what would be considered on their end way too little, maybe for what they get out of it. So, but yeah, but you know, everybody, we're live. This is the Bank Dot Radio Show, third episode of the year. Woohoo! 
Here we have, yeah, yeah, I have another one tomorrow. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> you're saying moving. Second one for the day. Oh, wow. um, we have uh, Miss Sierra Martin, who uh, is, has a plethora of things that she does. Mm -hmm. So let's see here. You, you help with grants. I do. I'm a grant writer. Grant writer. Um, you have your own podcast. I do. I have a podcast. <laughs> I do. I have I'm a podcast. Uh, you help run Spark Making. I do. I yeah. help run Spark Making. So is it, what, what else are you out there doing? Um, And I also have a uh, farm project, a regenerative farm project that I'm oh, working yeah, that, on that in, well. Hawkinsville in Hawkinsville as well. Hawkinsville, yeah. Yeah, so keeping so, it local, but, you know, yeah. a little down the road. Yeah, well, it's still, you know, it's still all local. Absolutely. Um, so let's get into, uh, which one to get into first? Oh, my goodness. I didn't know I needed to come with questions. <laughs> no, no. Andreas, you're now in the hot seat. <laughs> <laughs> Things have changed. <laughs> you go roll reversal. I know, right? <laughs> Let's, uh, let's, let's talk about your podcast first. Great. Because, um, you know, I want to put your platform out there. Thank um, you. Did, didn't I just say the local, uh, yeah. yeah. the local, the local woman. woman. So I know, you know, women-based, which is fine, you know. Sure. Um, <laughs> well, you might be a bit happy about our upcoming seasons. So. Okay, well, that's mm -hmm. what's up. So why create a platform for local women? Um, For me, it was because there was a time when I was struggling with my mental health when I was looking for mm -hmm. um, information and really resources to kind of help stay encouraged, hear more positive affirmations, put more positivity into my life. However, majority of times when I found those platforms, um, they were celebrating the end, but we didn't know how they got to that point. Oh. There were points where they would acknowledge that they had been struggling with various things or mm. um, having certain difficulties, but they were already to the celebration part, so we didn't get to really watch the journey mm. or the struggle that they went through to accomplish their goals. Um, I really wanted to make an authentic platform that highlighted what people go through at the start and throughout their businesses, uh, but also in things such as mental health, mm -hmm. um, in education, so women who might uh, be going through are having a different time as far as the education that they're going through. Mm -hmm. Just giving a platform to women who might not often feel like they are acknowledged. Yeah. Um, sometimes people only celebrate you once you're winning, but yeah. sometimes you need people to celebrate you in the beginning. And the local yes. woman is about celebrating women at all stages in their life and at all stages in their career and mm. what they're doing because I have to learn to celebrate myself yeah. at all those stages too. I have a really hard time uh, giving my speaking positivity into my mm. life, but it was easy for me to uh, speak positivity into other people and mm. to kind of, I would go back and listen to my episodes and I'd be like, wow, you were so nice to her, Sierra. <laughs> you need to be nice to yourself. <laughs> and so like those type of things really helped me. Um, so I hope it's also been helpful to other people who've listened to the show. Mm -hmm. And I've also received feedback from women who've been on the show mm -hmm. who may not have really even acknowledged um, some of the things that they'd accomplished till we had an opportunity to discuss them yeah. on the show. So that's been something positive that's come from it. That was also a goal of the show. So yeah. mm -hmm. that's dope. I, I love it. Um, anything positive, you know what I'm saying? Because I, I think uh, we have too much negative stuff out there. We need more access and more positivity being pushed absolutely to go ahead and balance all this out i would agree you know because you know like andrea like to say she like to watch some of her uh her uh ghetto stuff and that's her indulgence hey you so, gotta watch your reality tv yeah if you also want to talk about real housewives of atlanta i have time for that too <laughs> 
Just so you know, I am in no way above it. I am, uh, and not, I never feel um, below it when I do. I'm not current with the seasons. Whatever. I don't think I've actually watched the recent seasons myself, just because mm -hmm. I don't have cable anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty much strictly like Netflix, Prime, yeah. HBO yeah, I haven't Max. Had cable in maybe 15 years. Wow. I, I mean, it, it hasn't been that long for me, mm -hmm. but it's certainly been long enough for me not to know how long it's been since I've had cable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the reason, you know, because I'm, I'm so enthralled with, like, the internet and all the different stuff that's on there. And then, like, I, I love, like, you know, podcasts and visual podcasts and content creation and whatever. So, you know, of course, you can tell by the skits and all that. Oh, yeah. Um, well, not to toot my own horn, horn, but uh, Spotify told me that I was in the 97th percentile of people listening to podcasts <laughs> on their platform. So, uh, I your girl's been that. busy. Yeah, your girl's busy. been busy. You're taking busy. in. You know what I'm saying? That's a busy. lot of information. Well, um, um, I also love to hear different voices. Mm -hmm. um, I love to hear different people's perspectives. I mean, I'm listening to everything from true crime to the news to local podcasts such as mm -hmm. yours. Um, and also, I was also listening to Headspace for a minute. Nancy had a podcast, mm -hmm. catching up on that. Um, mm -hmm. We also have another local podcast in the area who are the guys who helped me get my podcast started, Tap mm -hmm. Snaps. Mm -hmm. I'm a regular listener, regular mm -hmm. follower of their platform as well. Tap Snaps, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, Tarver, Peterson, Liam, mm -hmm. uh, Kelly, and also uh, Blake Weatherly. That's okay. their podcast. Um, and so they were really helpful at helping me get started. They gave me a studio space, mm -hmm. taught me how to use the platforms and things like that. So I also mm -hmm. try to listen to, you know, local people regularly just as much. Yeah. So, so, uh, so informing yours, um, you don't have a co-host, right? I, you? well, I started my show with a co-host and her name is Jade Holt. Mm -hmm. And really the only thing that's kept us from continuing to, um, to record together is really just uh, the pandemic hit and it was time. Mm. And so um, she has two children mm -hmm. who are just wonderful, my favorite little nuggets. Mm -hmm. And so they, um, you know, it's just a busy life. People are busy. Um, there was like no fallout or anything. Yeah, we just yeah, yeah, yeah. haven't been able to kind of get back on. But I'm hoping mm -hmm. in some future seasons that I'm able to incorporate mm -hmm. uh, uh, other people into the show just kind of to share the platform. Yeah. Um, just because sometimes I'm like, people don't want to hear me talk all the time. Well, no, we need somebody you know, else on the show. <laughs> well, you know, you, I know you think that or whatever, but that's why people do listen because, you mm -hmm. know, it'd be a familiar voice and they get familiar with that and, you know, oh. that's their comfort level. True. Yeah, so. See? Toot, toot. <laughs> 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 Gotta start tooting that horn more. Like. So, uh, what has been, like, you know, some of the biggest uh, hurdles in, like, launching your podcast and, like, really getting people to tune in and things of that nature? Um, for me, it would be the creation of content okay. that takes time and I'm incredibly mm -hmm. self-critical, mm -hmm. which is one of the reasons I started the podcast. Mm -hmm. I am uh, constantly uh, second guessing everything. I'm like, oh, is this funny? Is this, mm -hmm. is this something that people enjoy? Is it serious enough? Mm -hmm. If it's the topic is serious, am I um, properly articulating what I want to share about this particular guest? Am I doing them justice? Mm -hmm. These are just questions that run through my head mm -hmm. when I'm trying to post the show, mm -hmm. like post the picture graphics saying that there's a show coming up and we have one coming. So uh, for me, it's really just about getting out of my own way. Uh -huh. um, I, um, although you previously asked me about a co-host, the person who's really uh, been uh, just, she's invaluable to what we do at the local woman. Her name is, uh, I don't know why I'm struggling, Heather Waldron. <laughs> Heather name Heather is not you is me girl I love you um she's I mean she's incredible uh she is the graphic artist that really brings 
the vision to life. Um, and so uh, she's the one who's constantly encouraging me. She's like, Sierra, did you record this week? Mm -hmm. Sierra, do we have anything to share this week? Sierra, did you see the seven graphics that I dropped into your thing? Just share one. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, she's constantly just holding me accountable. Um, at one point, I even thought about walking away from the show because I was like, oh, the first season was awful. I didn't do a great job, you know. I, I didn't, I, in my mind, I decided I didn't hear enough of, enough growth in my own mm -hmm. interviewing skills. Mm -hmm. Like, as I listened from the first to the 22nd episode, I was like, I'm like clearly where, I'm where, where are you, like, getting your parameters for, like, measurements? From my crazy. <laughs> from my crazy. Because <laughs> I'm like, you know, <laughs> it, it takes time, especially something that's brand new, because you had never done it before, right? It's true, but in my mind, I just want to pop out and be perfect. But... I also think that this really highlights what I was trying to get to with starting the show. Mm -hmm. And it's not, I don't know, I don't know if it's fair to call it the struggle, mm -hmm. but it's certainly to call it, I don't even want to call it the journey because it's so played out. Um, <laughs> but um, there's just... The process. The process, you know, mm -hmm. maybe just getting there. It's just hard to get up and encourage yourself to do something that even if it's something you really enjoy mm -hmm. every day, if there's anything that I have I like to use my voice but I've always been afraid of it too mm. if that makes sense I was always like oh my voice sounds weird mm -hmm. growing up I was told a lot my voice sounded odd teachers would be like your voice carries mm -hmm. but they wouldn't say it in a way that meant I wanted to hear it yeah. so it's like it carried all the way to the desk and nobody wanted to hear it mm -hmm. so there was like a long time when I just had a a hard time like just being okay with my voice but I love mm -hmm. being silly and I love being funny and mm -hmm. you know and and having a good time but I feel like I just have to learn to, to just treat myself better. I don't know any other way to say it. You, your voice, uh, I can hear commercials when I hear you. Well, I hear commercials too. <laughs> so I hear, we, we I'm gotta, just kidding. No, gotta, I, I absolutely We got to tap into that. No, um, I do. Actually, this year I had an opportunity, so I um, love getting to highlight all these local people who've really just been a part of this journey for me, so thanks for that. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, Heidi Kleinite, she mm -hmm. just self-published a book called Sassy Susie Sasquatch, and mm. she allowed me to do the audio recording for it. Ooh. So that was really fun, and the best part about it was that it was a tongue twister. So mm. not only did I get to record an audiobook, but I immediately threw myself into the fire mm -hmm. with a tongue t twister as someone who had like a speech impediment when I was younger. It's <laughs> certainly not... Um, yeah. Uh, don't know how I ended up there, but I'm so grateful that she gave me that opportunity, and so yeah. now I've recorded my first audiobook. That is what's up. So big things yeah. popping. I, I mean, I felt like it was exciting, and yeah, I, I like, really want to do. How many people get to say that they've done that? You know what I'm saying? And then that's someone true. seek them out to do that. That's true. So that's validation in what you're doing and what you have to offer, so you have value. Look at you. <laughs> Look at you. You're so right. <laughs> you're so right. You are so right. <laughs> what he said. What he said. No, thank you. So you uh, split your pod. I love the fact that you split your podcast up in the seasons. I I had um, to. Because well, yeah, I get it. Mm -hmm. You know me. I'm just continuous. <laughs> just New Year's. It gives me um, a new chance to start over. Mm -hmm. So, like you were saying, <clears throat> excuse me, for the podcast. Um, you know, we started off as being about local women, mm -hmm. but uh, right now, and especially since I've kind of been taking it on independently as a host, mm -hmm. I've been thinking about transforming the platform from being about local women into the community, in the community, which is what which is what it will remain to be about. Mm -hmm. But um, instead, it's I'm the local woman, and I'm going out in the community mm -hmm. meeting people, and those don't just have to be local women. That mm -hmm. could be anyone. Mm -hmm. um, and so... 
uh, just to just kind of expand the platform, but also mm -hmm. to include a number of local men in the platform who've been mm -hmm. incredibly helpful to us along the way, mm -hmm. but also to share as many local resources as we can. I feel like that's the best pivot for the show. I like it. So, because you know it gives you, like you said, it gives you the growth that you're looking for, and it also keeps it connected with the audience that you've established. And I think it gives me the ownership that I was afraid to take in the mm -hmm. beginning. One of the big reasons I wanted to have a co host is because at least if it sucked, we all suck together. Mm -hmm. yeah, no, <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry, I don't know why I laughed so hard. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. You know, you know, it's like we all suck together. Yeah, so it's like. If it was bad, it was like, you know, whatever, me and Jade had a great time, you know, mm -hmm. like that's our memory now. Yeah. But, you know, um, I, sometimes you, yeah, sometimes you're just too hard on yourself. I think mm -hmm. the show's, I, I have really enjoyed doing the show both with co-hosts and without. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, um, yeah, I just should, I'm, I'm going to try different ways. I love to have people on the show, but I'm also happy to kind of go in the way where, myself as someone I consider myself super local I'm like mm -hmm. from Macon mm -hmm. um some uh I'm not just someone who came to Macon and found it to be a great place to live mm -hmm. I was here when people hated it I hated it and yeah. like you know I've had <laughs> I've had times when I hated it here and yet I'm still here and I'm still you know um committed to and I believe in the community that we have here and also mm -hmm. I believe in the community that I see growing here yeah um I value that so um yeah mm -hmm. I consider myself incredibly local yeah, well, I'm a transplant, but you know, I've grown <laughs> to love making in the uh, So you came and hated it and loved it too then later. <laughs> I didn't really hate it, but when I first got here, I was here when Club Money's was downtown. Um, okay, my brain just went where? Yeah. I don't even think I remember Club Money's being downtown. Yeah, they were there at that time. It was when I was in college. That's so, so that's like 2003, 2004. Mm -hmm. I was too young. I was too young for the uh, club. My mama was like, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to the So um, I saw, like, okay, cool. And then I saw, like, you know, where it, it, the downtown area just died. Sure. Um, but then I saw the building of it, uh, the resurgence of it. And, you know, I had moved away, lived in Griffin for about three years, and then came back, whatever, been back ever since. And, like, really, I cheer, I cheer making home more than I do my own home city, which is Nashville, Tennessee. I would have never. I mean, but does Nashville need help? No. They don't need your help boosting it. It does not. Macon always. Not. I mean, I think uh, it's easy to have a love-hate relationship with Macon mm -hmm. when you've kind of watched it go through various um, stages. stages yeah. And you know that some of those stages could have been avoided if not for selfishness, greed, mm -hmm. or just genuinely overlooking other parts of the community that people thought weren't as valuable. Yeah. Um. So there's that's where I think I should probably explain where some of my frustration sometimes comes in. Yeah. So let's talk about your uh, grant writer, because um, <coughs> like I've told you before, before the camera, you know, I've sent your information to a couple of people, and people hit me up all the time. Man, how can I get a grant? And blah blah blah. I'm like, well, first you gotta understand that you just can't get a grant for everything, but you know, hey, um, and you know, that's how people want to fund stuff. So like, take us, you know, you don't have to take a very detailed process, but like, give us some steps along the way or like what people thank need you to for allowing me to talk about this yeah. oh, no. <laughs> um i i um i think the first thing that i would uh this is uh i have such a, a love hate with nonprofit work too mm -hmm. um mainly because i hear so many people talk about nonprofit work from the standpoint of they want to go into it to make money you mm -hmm. will not make money in nonprofit. Mm -hmm. i will repeat 
-hmm. You will not make money in nonprofit. I, I kind of want to look. You will not make money as a nonprofit professional. What you can do as a nonprofit professional is provide avenues and resources for individuals in the community to grow. Mm -hmm. That is supposed to be the goal of a nonprofit. At the end of the year, your nonprofit is supposed to zero out. Mm -hmm. Like, um, and so that is uh, kind of the first thing I'll say. The second thing I'll say is before you go after any grants, you need to have a legacy of work. Mm -hmm. You need to show where prior to receiving any funding, you yourself have commit committed to the work that you now want organizations or foundations to fund. Mm -hmm. um, that is probably what I run into more than anything is people who are like, I've got a great idea. I've gone and gotten my non gotten a, a business or a, a, it happens with both people with LLCs and also nonprofits mm -hmm. and they come and they say now I'm looking for someone to give me money mm -hmm. can you help me get money and I say great well what have you what's some of your work what's mm -hmm. what's your legacy what's your impact what have you been doing in the community prior to making this request of these organizations and they're like no 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 I need the money to do the work and I'm like no 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 you have to do the work to get the money mm -hmm. and I think that more than anything as a nonprofit professional, what I would tell people is to do the work to get the money. The money follows the work. Mm -hmm. The money follows the impact. Mm -hmm. So if you are not doing the work and making an impact, why are people going to um, invest in you, yeah. invest in your, in your platform? Mm -hmm. Another thing that I would say is, um, and I'm almost kind of a, a bit nervous to say this because I don't want to to make people feel as though the things that they want to do as far as their nonprofit or their work in the community are not important. Mm -hmm. But often I hear people coming to me with overlapping ideas. There mm -hmm. are already groups in the community that are doing this work, yet they want mm -hmm. to start another nonprofit mm -hmm. that does the same work mm -hmm. and they want to get funded mm -hmm. and they are not looking towards community partnerships. Another huge part of getting funding is having community partnerships, working with people in the community who are already doing the work that you are passionate about, teaming up with them and growing, growing the movement, not mm -hmm. just your own name or your own nonprofit. Um, sometimes you find that there are already other people doing good work. So why are you going to recreate the wheel? Go in, work mm -hmm. with those people and see how you can collaborate together. But again, that goes back to people wanting to be a nonprofit for the right reasons and not entering into it because they think everybody's making a ton of money in the nonprofit sector. That's just not what's happening. Yeah. Um, you know, there is money in the nonprofit sector. Don't get me wrong. Right now, if you go online and you look for grants, there are tons of grants. But again, that money follows work. That money follows impact. And also that money uh, follows relationships. Mm -hmm. Another big part of getting money is having relationships. Um, you, uh, as a nonprofit professional, I have courted funders for years before they've even taken my email or my call. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's, that's not time a lot of people are committed to. Um, people want things to happen immediately. So often I'll go online and I'll be, oh, these nonprofit grant writers, they're just taking your money and not delivering. But are you delivering? Are you answering the deliverables? Are your mm -hmm. financials in order? Mm -hmm. So that when an organization asks for a 990, mm -hmm. you A, know what a 990 is, is. Yep. and then you are ready to <laughs> submit that 990 along with proposals and budgets mm -hmm. all that has to come together um and um sometimes i feel like the biggest um 
class that I could do would be a class is, are you ready mm -hmm. to apply for grants? That to me is actually where I see most people struggle. Mm -hmm. Are you ready to apply for grants? Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, thanks for letting me talk about that. <laughs> well, I know you can talk about more. You're well versed in it. Yeah, um, um, but I, I absolutely love working in the nonprofit sector because it gives me an opportunity to try so many different things. Mm -hmm. My first nonprofit job allowed me to travel more than I, I'd never have gone uh, to Montreal for the first time. That was my first time ever going out, you know, of the country. I don't know. Well, consider Canada, you know, I don't know. Technically, yeah. a border. So yeah, so, you know, but, um, you know, uh, but my job has allowed me to do those things. I was able to, um, to learn about grants, learn about the scholarship granting process, and then mm -hmm. teach others about that, which is what I did with that position. Um, but it's also allowed me to connect with my community, to see areas of need, to see areas of impact. Mm -hmm. So that when people such as yourself come to me and ask me, oh, Sierra, do you know this group that happens to participate in this? I'm like, oh, yeah, mm -hmm. I know this group. Here are the people you want to contact. Who's Here's who you want to connect with. Mm -hmm. I almost see what I do it, what, like if I were to give myself a title of any sort, I would call myself like a community liaison. Mm -hmm. um, I feel very comfortable in everywhere. I mean, I've had the opportunity to work um, you know, at an organization where we worked mainly with the homeless. I'm very comfortable in that environment, just mm -hmm. as well as I am working in corporate environments. Mm -hmm. um, uh, sometimes to be a nonprofit professional, you almost become a chameleon mm -hmm. because you have to be able to share the work and the impact of the group that you're working with with anyone, no yeah. matter where you go. Like anytime you're talking to someone, there needs to be... Uh, something about the organizations or who you're talking to on the edge of your lips. Mm -hmm. I'm always thinking about spark making. I'm always thinking about the farm at Twin Oaks. I'm always mm -hmm. thinking about, um, you know, how I can help and impact uh, organizations that want to grow their outreach. Mm -hmm. But you must have outreach and you must have work. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about uh, spark making opportunity and then also the farm. Great. How did the spark making opportunity come about? Oh, man. Where do I start? <laughs> Wherever you feel comfortable. <laughs> um, I've, um, the spark making opportunity came about because of Robert Grant. Mm -hmm. I think a number of people probably know uh, Robert Grant from the community. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I've had the opportunity to work with him in many capacities along the way. And he was looking for someone to delve into the program programming aspect here at spark making. Mm -hmm. And so he gave me that opportunity. Now, um, can you highlight or at least tell people about the stuff that has happened in the past to help? Because, you know, when I explain Spark Making to people, sure. like actually I've been giving people tours, yeah. <laughs> unofficial <on> tours. <laughs> Thanks for being here. And I'll be telling them about Spark Making and that, you know, it's, a, it's an economic hub, especially for those who want to uh, go on to be in entrepreneurship. But there's classes and stuff that, you know, that assist with being a resource Absolutely. for those ideas. So, absolutely. You've uh, we also have. You're you've mentioned classes, but more than anything, what we try to provide people with is direction and resources. Mm -hmm. So, if you come to Spark Making, you can come to us at any point in your entrepreneurial journey. Mm -hmm. Me and that word journey. I've got to get rid of it. There's got to <laughs> throughout the uh, in the entrepreneurial process, mm -hmm. shall or, we say? Uh, is it? Uh, I was going to say. Um, <laughs> it just slipped my mind. 
Endeavor. And yes, I like it. We'll yeah. use endeavors on endeavor. your along. Yeah. You know, not, not along that many the people, way. you know, what I'm saying use endeavor. So, sure, you know. certainly, but it is an endeavor. <laughs> it's uh, you know, it's certainly something when you're starting a business. More than anything, what people need is mentorship. They need guidance. Yeah. Um, uh, one big thing that Robert always talks about is you don't need an LLC to start your business. Mm -hmm. You can start your business without an LLC. Yeah, However, before I knew Robert, that wasn't something that I'd heard people mm -hmm. say often. It's not something that people talked about. Yeah. But people need to know their various options, what's mm -hmm. most economically feasible for them. Mm -hmm. And we at Spark Making can help you with that. Yes. But in addition to that, we also have resources, which I would call our classes and programs mm -hmm. that we put on resources. Yeah. Um, so like uh, for this year, we have actually specified a new theme for each month. Mm -hmm. So each month, if you check our page, you'll be able mm -hmm. to find a new theme that we have. And based on that theme, we'll have speakers mm -hmm. and events that highlight that theme. So yeah. this month, we're doing goal setting. And of course, for goal setting, we have a business coach coming in who will be... Um, who will uh, be talking to people about setting goals for their business. We're also mm -hmm. doing a vision board event um, where we help people through the process of doing their vision board for their business. So, um, you know, events such as that allow us to not only connect with people in the community, but to find out where people are in the community with their interest in starting businesses. After the pandemic, we saw a boom mm -hmm. in people wanting to start their own business. Um, one reason is because many people saw themselves without a job, mm -hmm. but in the second reason, and I think what really is the most important reason that we don't often hear people discuss when it comes to working for others is people saw themselves and realized how expendable they were. Mm -hmm. Um, there were jobs that people thought that they would have forever, mm -hmm. that they wouldn't be expendable, that they would not be replaceable. Mm -hmm. Yet here they are finding themselves you know, being replaced without a job, uh, having their hours cut with no consideration for where they were in their life and the kind of funding and the money that they needed yes. um, to be successful. And so then we fall into a situation where we're waiting for the government to come along and maybe supplement us. Who wants to be in that situation? Yeah. No one. Even during that time is when I started to uh, work towards doing my independent grant writing mm -hmm. and uh, consulting. So yeah. that's kind of even when I moved out of that landscape. Um, so people are finding their way and they're finding their voice mm -hmm. and they're finding their path. And here at Spark Making, we kind of help people make that happen mm -hmm. uh, without having to make a lot of the mistakes that people make when they're going at it alone. Oh, I just got to uh, start my camera over. It's only you're giving fine. me 30 minute uh, increments of video. Oh, you're good. You're good. I don't even know what I'm saying. Lord, they gonna be they gonna be like they gonna be like what she what she talking about? I'll be like, I don't know either. I love it. I don't know either. Oh Lord. I just listen to myself on the thing and I just I don't know what I be talking about. My mama called me. Hey, mama. <laughs> like, what you doing? Oh, you know, oh she, doing you know what? She stays amazing. Oh, she really does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's amazing. I have okay. zero. I have, um, I, if there's anything, the, the one blessing I'll never overlook is how lucky I am to have the mama I have. Yeah. You know, she absolutely wants one of them kids. <laughs> Everybody wants one a of them kids. Ki I just want a cook you know, child. Like, Andrea posted uh, AJ. He started doing wrestling. Oh, Lord. And uh, she posted this picture. I was standing behind him making faces and stuff. And she was like, look how handsome he is. And then one of the uh, <laughs> comments were, 
it's unfair how uh, beautiful all your kids That's are. Same. <laughs> I'm just looking for one cook child. If I can get one cook child. Smallest. We could just take the smallest because it's the one you've known the least. It's the one you're the least attached to. Just let me get the smallest cook child. This is a regular thing that I've just been trying to angle my way in. And I just, just want to be given an opportunity to take one cook child. All right. So um, with that... Let's uh, get into the farm oh. and how you saw that it was an opportunity to, you know, put resources in so you can expand and enhance the community. Now, uh, the farm is an incredible project. I've really enjoyed working with it, and it was actually an, an opportunity that came about through Community Connections. Uh, mm -hmm. Someone that I'd known, uh, or excuse me, the sister of someone that I've known for years mm -hmm. actually connected me with a group. Uh, that was interested in doing regenerative farming in Hawkinsville. Mm -hmm. However, through the work of regenerative farming, in addition to healing the land, they're also looking to heal the community. Mm -hmm. uh, because if you're looking in rural areas, you're looking at areas where they have incredibly large food deserts, mm -hmm. there's scarcity on a number of levels, uh, but you're also seeing a lack of investment in those areas. Mm -hmm. Um, so our goal, and this is going to be a very scary word for some people here in the South, is to achieve the goals of reparations through land ownership. Mm -hmm. um, and so I always say the word reparations softly, mm -hmm. calmly, and with focus. Because people are no, like, you know what I mean? When you're in the South, people are like, whoa, you you calm down. We don't do that. You need, can't believe you said it. And like, uh, but one of the goals of our work there is to get the land fully operational so that we can gift the land mm -hmm. to another nonprofit or a group that's focused on black and indigenous individuals. Um, so we are in the process of starting our regenerative farm. Uh, we are currently looking to make relationships with local business owners that would encourage them to buy local. Mm -hmm. uh, we have organically grown produce on site. And so we are really hoping uh, to be able to connect with the community to um, encourage them not only to kind of jump on. Like a lot of people see uh, the farm to table and local things as a fad. What we're really looking at here mm -hmm. is the the miles that your food travel to get to you mm -hmm. and the amount of preservatives that goes into your food mm -hmm. that uh, has to be put into the food in order for it to travel that distance. Mm -hmm. um, what we're wanting to do is encourage people to buy local, mm -hmm. but not just to buy local, but to invest in their local communities through this purchase. Yeah. Uh, but not only that, we're offering you a quality product too. Mm -hmm. We're offering you a quality product, a consistent product, uh, but we're also offering you a chance to invest in your community and those things are very big. And so, um, you know, we do know that it might take a minute to take make some inroads because the main thing that business owners are looking at is their bottom line. Mm -hmm. Well, A, we're willing to negotiate probably more than a lot of other places because our biggest thing is is making this happen in the Hawkinsville community mm -hmm. and surrounding areas, which of course includes making. Mm -hmm. um, and so we are willing to negotiate, but we're also willing to grow with the business owner. Yeah. So we're not asking business owners to immediately step out and say, we want to buy all our produce from you. But what we do want to start with is maybe a small monthly day where businesses do a farm to table day. So people know when they come out, we're having a farm to table day. This food is coming from Twin Oaks. And um, this is... Uh, something that could be happening regularly, give us some feedback on this. Mm -hmm. Because often people need feedback so they know where they're going next. Exactly. Is this mm -hmm. something that their customers will be interested in? Is this something exactly. that their customers will... Um, are they willing to pay a premium for this premium product? We can mm -hmm. find out more about that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the project 
again is really steeped in our in our passion uh, for the land and mm -hmm. to improve the land. We technically only have about 30 soil rotations left in our land here mm -hmm. in America without us actually taking the time to uh, participate in regenerative farming methods and mm -hmm. um, actions to put that back into the soil so we mm -hmm. make sure that we have longer crop rotations. Mm -hmm. And again, that we're yielding good products, organically grown products um, that are good for us. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, everybody's always talking about living their best life, but if we gonna die because of what we're eating and yeah. I, even, you know, then we have to change that. That's something I'm having to tackle to within myself. Well, because 30 rotations of land, I mean, the soil, whatever, that sounds like 30 seasons. Of yeah, meat, which that is. be 30 years. Yes, and that's not a lot. Or if you're, you know, depending on what you're growing, you can get two seasons in a year. Um, yeah, that's not a long time. No, it's and not. And like I, I think that. Thinking about like, okay, so nobody's mulching the land and putting the nutrients back in it and on uh, you know, uh, composting and all that. Well, and there's also and, no crop rotation happening. There's yeah. no, we've got, um, you know, agriculture overgrazing. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest parts of uh, the regenerative farming process is crop rotation mm -hmm. and also grazing rotation, mm -hmm. making sure that your animals aren't overgrazing in one area. Uh, they're a huge part of the regenerative process. Um, so really just educating people on that, making community connections. A lot of the food that we grew last year actually went to uh, the Newberry Foundation. Mm -hmm. They have a pantry uh, called Rose's Food Pantry in mm -hmm. Hawkinsville. So that is a direct partner of ours in that area where we donated all of our food last year. Mm -hmm. Because we were actually, you know, trying out different methods and doing different things. But we wanted to make sure, I mean, that food just can't. Can't, yeah. We're not throwing out. We want to make sure it's going somewhere positive. Mm -hmm. And we also have some partnerships with co-ops in the area, too. Um, so we're just excited to kind of be launching this in the community. And I'm really thankful to be a part of the process because mm -hmm. I'm someone they found locally to bring into the process. A lot of the people involved are not local. Mm -hmm. And so they have literally moved their lives down here mm -hmm. to be a part of this and to be a part of these communities. And so um, we're just trying to make some inroads. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited that you've given me an opportunity to talk about that project as well. Yeah, well, you know, like I said, that's what it's all about. That's why, I, like, well, that's not initially why I formed Bank That Radio Show, but I've expanded it to all that. You know, I first started just highlighting artists and stuff, and I ran through all that, and I was like, okay, what are I going to do now? <laughs> <laughs> so then, you know, I started uh, just opening up the platform to a lot of other people, and I've come across a lot of different nonprofit organizations doing great things who necessarily wouldn't get the time uh, or get the coverage Absolutely. that they should deserve. And that's how I look at it now. My platform is for those individuals and businesses and brands that are doing things that necessarily wouldn't get the coverage that because it's not a big enough story or it's Absolutely. not sensationalized or whatever the case may be and people need to know that these things are there because i think sometimes you know because the information is not presented i run across it a lot where people don't think the resources are there sure and you know they are there and it's hard for you know nonprofits and other organizations to put together like you know huge marketing plans whatever because they got to use the money for the actual operations of what they're trying Absolutely. to accomplish even at spark making um one of our big things this year is our connection with the uh, Stinson School of Business mm -hmm. um, for us to be able to work with some of their business students to develop a better marketing plan mm -hmm. uh, to make sure that the focus that we have at our organization is something that people can understand from our platform. Mm -hmm. um, our social media right now isn't 
isn't there. So we realized that this was something we wanted to improve. So we reached out into the community mm -hmm. and we were able to make those connections to make that happen. But, you know, we're also working with them on the development of a um, entrepreneurship class as well. So mm -hmm. certainly be on the lookout for that. Oh, yeah, you know, mm -hmm. I, I love it. Like I've, I've been telling people for the whole year and something I've been here, well, yeah, a year mm -hmm. and a couple, three months or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like It's a gold mine. Absolutely. The potential is limitless. There's nothing more important than investing in local people, local ideas, mm -hmm. and local businesses. Mm -hmm. There's just nothing more important than that. Um, it's the lifeblood of your community, but it's mm -hmm. also what gives motivation to uh, the students who see, the, who are like growing in the community. I think mm -hmm. often when people are thinking about uh, what's important in the community, I think the kids probably get most overlooked. Yeah. Even when we're talking about bringing businesses to Macon, mm -hmm. I think that's where I see the most, uh, the biggest and the largest gap mm -hmm. that I think is so important because what people, how people remember their childhood mm -hmm. is so important. It actually and takes their, their entire, going going their their entire life. life. Mm -hmm. And so if you're looking at it, do you remember a community that invested in you? As a child, do you remember community? Like, you know, as kids, we if you're from Macon, you think about DZ Discovery Zone. I don't know if that was necessarily an investment in us, mm -hmm. but you remember it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You remember it fondly. You remember going uh, to places that we no longer have now. You remember the Macon Mall when it was in its prime. Yeah. You know what I mean? You remember uh, going to Regal Cinemas mm -hmm. before you had... You, there were just things that you remember that you... And I honestly, I remember the Dollar Theater. Mm. There was a dollar theater on Riverside. Really? Yes, that's where I saw Star Wars movies with my dad. Like, where was that at on Riverside? It was, it was, there's like a Moore's, Moore's Furniture there or something now. Mm. It's like down a hill, there's a car wash. Okay. And then if you go down a hill, that used to be the dollar theater. Oh, wow. I'm not saying it was fancy. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it wasn't a little scary in there. Mm -hmm. I'm saying I have memories there. Yeah. And those memories mean a lot to me when I yeah. look back on them. Um, another huge thing for me that I remember doing when we were kids, it's really cool because I feel super invested in the community because mm -hmm. of this, is when we were kids, they had us do bricks. Mm -hmm. And all of our bricks are now down on the Otis Redding Bridge. Oh. Yeah, that's what made it up. All those okay. names, my name's in those names. That's what's up. I'm one of the locals. <laughs> one of the locals. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, they, I don't even see big community things like that happening anymore. Where it's mm -hmm. like, you know, I I, I love that. Like, mm -hmm. I I still, anytime someone comes to make it, I'm like, let me go take a seat my brick. Like, let me mm -hmm. see my brick. You know, mm -hmm. that matters to me. And I think that that level of investment in our youth would be something that if I was thinking about something that, really mattered to me, I'd want to see more of that. I'd want to mm -hmm. see more um, more new businesses coming for kids. Mm -hmm. More new, I think I think they have the, the place over on Riverside now. It's like mm -hmm. an air bounce spot. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, and we have like the new rock climbing place down the way. Mm -hmm. And I'm not really sure if kids can go axe throwing. I don't know about that. Yeah, so yeah, like, I let me not, you know, but like, <laughs> but yeah. you know, when I'm thinking about things, I would love to see more things come locally for mm -hmm. the kids. Because yeah. I think one of the, the biggest losses that we took that I can remember is the loss of the Children's Museum. I would have loved to have seen more investment in the Children's Museum so it could have been upgraded to have better exhibits, things. You know, we lost the, the Music Hall of Fame. Yeah. That's another place I used to love. Yeah. You knew 
that when you went to the Music Hall of Fame, you wanted, like, there was a place that you went in there and you had to, like, I think it was like you had to cheer loud enough mm -hmm. to get a certain video to play and you mm -hmm. wanted to get TLC's Waterfalls. Oh, wow. Yes. And so we, like, I don't, I don't know. This is, again, very classic making stuff. But, like, you know, mm -hmm. if you went there and you cheered loud enough, it would, like, play you a song and everybody always wanted to get TLC's Waterfalls. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, little things like that just... Yeah. We just so now uh, we have to create those new memories. Yeah, we. I. I'm just wondering. I would love to. It, it, this is probably one of those things for the local woman. I'd like to interview a local child mm -hmm. and find out where their memories lie right now. What are the mm -hmm. things that that when you are older and you're talking about something great that you remember from your community, mm -hmm. what is that now? Yeah. Because I'm not. I'm not a kid. A. So I don't have the same value anymore. I'm grown. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, and so like you know, I'm grown. I love it. Thank God, I hate it being. Yeah, just kidding. But um, I would like to know what where what they're um, what they're excited about. Where yeah. where are their memories right now, and what we as a community can do mm -hmm. to make those better? Because that matters to me. I don't have any kids. Yeah. Except for the one that I'll be taking from the Cook family. <laughs> but as soon as I do have my one child from the Cook family. I um, expect for us to have fun things to do in the community. So, yeah. <laughs> I have thoroughly enjoyed this. Thank you uh, for coming on. and Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. You know, like I said, that's what it's all about. So, if people want to reach out and follow, see what you're up to, especially with the podcast, things that are nature, where do they need to go to Heather, I'm going to get this question right, Heather. So... We are on Facebook, mm -hmm. at The Local Woman. Mm -hmm. We're on Instagram, mm -hmm. at The Local Woman. Okay. We will be launching a website this year, Ooh. so stay tuned for that. <laughs> and, um, of course, we do have an email address, which is just thelocalwoman at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. And, again, that's thelocalwoman at gmail.com. So, if, like, you're interested in being interviewed on the show, you know a woman, or, actually, if you know anyone because mm -hmm. we're changing the platform a bit for season three season two will come out and it'll just be women still mm -hmm. but we are actually looking and booking for season three now so if you know anyone who you believe that should be highlighted um in our community we'd love to highlight them um just thanks so much for this opportunity i'm really grateful mm -hmm. i'm finally on banked out radio yes <laughs> <laughs> okay thanks for having me i love it thank you so y'all uh y'all go out there y'all support uh, go follow the local woman podcast and like she said send the information to them so they can highlight and you know be that uh that spotlight that you know gets people the notoriety that they need and then as always y'all go download the app and try to get to a thousand i only need 11 more before i hit a thousand so and y'all tune in tomorrow at two o'clock with our uh interview with black Mel. thank you Mel. i appreciate it